Today's podcast is sponsored by Sonos. Sonos is offering the listeners of The Watching Dead 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use the promo code WATCHING10, that's capital W-A-T-C-H-I-N-G-1-0, at Sonos.com to receive this offer. Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 8, Episode 5, titled The Big Scary You, uh, which I did not catch in the episode until the second viewing. Me either. Because the live watch is, <laughs> it's a little crazy. is not a place for details. No, no, it uh, is not. It's where details go to die. It's the unknown, apparently. Yeah, it's spelled uh, like Miami U, like the U, uh-huh. not Y-O-U. Yeah, the letter U. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of this episode? I thought that this episode commits the only crime that Walking Dead is capable of committing in my eyes. It's boring. Oh, boring. Okay. And, like, really paced awkwardly and structured awkwardly and ask and answered questions I have no desire to ask or get answers to. What did you think? Yeah, that whole thing up front with Gregory... I, I could not have cared less. And in that way, certainly, it was boring. Um, right. Because I, I know the outcome. Right. Like, Gregory tried and failed this stupid plan that we inferred from what he tried. Right. And like, we didn't I, I really didn't need, need to see it. Hell no. Hell no. That was like, like, of all the crazy shit they pull and expect the audience to follow along, mm-hmm. to get that detail, I don't know who that serves or who that gratifies. Not because me. Because it's... And, and, like a 15 minute no commercial stretch of a cold open is an attention getting move. It's an attention. You're saying, hey, yeah. everybody, look at me, notice this. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what they were trying to get everyone to look at or notice because yeah. it's just it's just a it's just a 15 minute stretch of, of of regular Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, that was one of the puzzling scenes to me. There were uh, at least one or two others that I thought were either. <laughs> just boring to terrible um and stupid but there were some moments that i actually liked i thought some of the stuff with negan and gabriel in the rv or whatever it is was pretty engaging okay yeah all right i thought uh, i you got something to confess jim you got something to confess i confess i'm a weak man i'm a sucker for jdm (laughs) what can i say he's a great actor yeah, he is. It's a damn shame that him and uh, uh, Stephen Ogg, right, that's his yeah. name, are the only two guys who have an ounce of charisma in the Council of Idiots yeah. that I've that I've dubbed them. Um, <laughs> and it looks like there's going to be one less. Like, as it, it looks like they're setting up uh, Simon, played by Stephen Ogg, to have a downfall. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I, I mean, it feels like it to me. But it's just, I, I, I don't. Uh, they're certainly telegraphing that. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't know. And then also, like, I felt like the I kind of feel you and that the the confession angle might have had some legs if you'd have got something actual shocking and surprising. But but Negan confesses yeah. to being a warmed over Morgan. And he confesses that his weakness was he couldn't kill his turned wife. Right. That's that, not much of a confession. It, Gabriel just unleashed a bomb of a confession on you, man. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 
it's it's weird and no one like and 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 Gabriel opens the door as if his work has been done and then he gets right. punched in the face and I'm like I, I is this show if, trolling me like, I could see it if he said that's not a confession yeah, dude that's bullshit yeah like you cheated on this woman I mean is that the stealth confession the fact that his one actual wife he had when times were good he didn't appreciate yeah. and treated terribly and couldn't even do the right thing by her and mm-hmm. I, I mean I guess but yeah <laughs> but he doesn't admit that that's his weakness. He admits his weakness is not being able to kill her after she's dead. Right. Uh, so, yeah, he he learned nothing. But, yeah, I, I thought those scenes were as engaging as most of the engaging stuff on The Walking Dead, which is to say just enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, carried largely on the back of some really good performances from JDM. Yeah, no, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is is awesome and the perfect Negan, and I, it, this feels very much like the Pierce Bronson era of... Uh, James Bond was like, God damn, this guy is such a good James Bond, but he's just getting this mediocre, forgettable shit. Yeah. Like, holy moly, if you'd have given Pierce Bronson and, and, and like in the Golden Era age, or GoldenEye era age, like Casino Royale mm-hmm. or Skyfall, <laughs> you know, but we got James Blonde uh, doing all the heavy lifting and crushing it. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, it's 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 very weird. It's very weird to me. We'll talk about the really the the just piss poor scenes that I really disliked when yeah. we get to them. But yeah. maybe we should get to the recap. Hey, uh, before we get into the episode, want to talk about housekeeping? We had a big, big week last week. We had a full week of uh, last week coverage for Game of Thrones and American Horror Story. Continuing coverage on Mister Robot and The Walking Dead. Uh, Review Justice League. We talked about um, uh, the Deuce. We talked mm-hmm. about Lady Dynamite. Because uh, this week. Little light on content. It's it's uh, we got a half week with uh, Thanksgiving, and you're in the throes of, of of moving domiciles. So we'll have The Walking Dead, and Mr. Robot, and that's about it this week. Yeah, but we'll be back full strength the week after with lots more stuff. And again, a mess of content came out last week. You might have like we had a for especially for club members, we had a lunch and a Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street, pff, Wolf Among Us playthrough, plus all four of those shows. So. Uh, uh, you know, enjoy that and pig out on Turkey, and we'll we'll see you our, back here next week. Our back catalog is vast and veiny, so yes. maybe take a look at it. Something like twenty five hundred podcasts, and they're at, yeah. at least an hour long. Like you got, you just like you know, and when we're we're adding to that hours every week, you better start yeah. now, or you'll never catch up till you're dead. All right, let's do that. Um, the first scene we see Gabriel on his knees. Presumably, this is on the eve or the, the day before the day of the the big attack. Mm-hmm. He's on his knees. Uh, thanking God for redemption and praying that the the only thing he doesn't want is a fruitless death. It's the only thing he still fears. And then we cut to uh, Gregory waking up in a sanctuary apartment uh, to Simon giving the wakey-wakey eggs and bakey speech. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of love on his tray, and he wants to fill, fill uh, Gregory's belly with it yeah. because he's the one brought here to solve this problem they have. I don't, I don't like this scene at all. Yeah. I, Gregory is such a caricature of a person at this point. That right. It's it's not even funny. It's beyond funny. It's wrapped around back to stupid. It makes Negan and Simon, like, to dwell on this, it makes Negan and Simon look very stupid. Yeah. The fact that they, like, they we see, like, it's not a, it's, it's, we can't use our imaginations in thinking that he just, like, summoned, like, his A-level game for Negan and, like, wow. No, we see him flopping and failing and yeah. not getting the job done, and then Negan proceeds to go with the plan. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. 
Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so Gregory's attempt to be a politician is to hit him with the big scary you, which is probably the name of some management book that he read before the uh, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> right. Explains it's the unknown. How to get by on Capitol Hill. <laughs> right, right, right. He gets three sins in his proposals, and I don't know you don't like killing people, and already he hits he hits a detour with Negan saying, no, no, I like killing the right people at the right time and place, and it seems like that's his big political strategy. Mm-hmm. That's why we need the king, the widow, and Rick alive so that we can kill these these right people in the most wrong way possible. Mm-hmm. And like and just like how much he belabor, belabors whether Gregory is still the guy. Yeah. I, like multiple people at the table are sitting there, are you sure you're the guy? Like it's almost a Saturday Night Live skit. And and mm-hmm. it's it's also a vehicle like you know you know in like late late seasons of Game of Thrones, we feel like the Tyrion Varys relationship got a little too dwelling on the fact that Varys doesn't have a cock and balls. Yeah. Like, okay, Oh, Tyrion. it's all cock and balls in this show. It, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's... it's Keep track of the references to ma- manhood and mm-hmm. and squirting things full of things and scrotum steel mm-hmm. and thin dicks needling. And it's all it is. Your, my, my love in your stomach. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's constant, and it, every time I hear it now, I roll my eyes. Right, like it's fine. I mean, and I get that's part of Negan's appeal in the comics is that he gets so mm-hmm. far off into his dick-based metaphors that even his own people are like, the fuck are we? We're following a lunatic. Yeah. But you guess still got to be a little sparing, right? You do, you do. Otherwise, it loses its effectiveness, too. Especially when he's intimidating someone who is like, it's it's like this speech is given to a dog who is already rolling over and pissing on itself. Mm-hmm. Like, slamming your bat on the table, I guess that's more for Simon and Eugene and Dwight and Loretta and dumb fuck chemical plant guy's name. I, I don't even know. It's certainly not the first time he's done it. A lot of people are pointing out, oh, Look how brilliant the attention to detail is when right. you can see marks on the table from him hitting the bat before. And I'm like, if that's That could your be for bar, five takes, by the way. Right. It that, could, I don't it even know is. that they actually sat and distressed that. That could have been they got five takes of him slamming. Yeah. Like, if you count how many. Like, like I, when I saw the image, I'm like, oh, man, they really deeply. They're just like, like ice pick marks on it. Yeah, but I, I, my thing is I, that's the kind of attention to detail that doesn't ultimately matter. Like. Get the attention to detail in the the staging of the shots and the direction and the editing yeah. and, and the writing. The like, get attention to detail in the writing because there's a scene coming up that is so ridiculously bad I could not believe it. Like these five episodes, I can't think of one that didn't have another part of an episode jammed into it. Yeah. Like we're flashing all the way back to the premiere to, mm-hmm. to handle this uh, Gregory bullshit. Potentially. Or is that the second episode? No, it's, it's the first one because um, Gabriel's a flashback to before all out war right. right when they rolled up with those the right army, so and it's i don't i don't it, it doesn't seem like it's making the story more compelling to me anyway yeah uh we also get the idea that negan like his big thing is he really doesn't like killing people like when simon suggests you know a, a pl- an out a, a plan where one of the outcomes is the complete destruction of hilltop Negan is like fucking recoils from it and is is very angry about the mere suggestion. People people are the resources. People are resources, and he's a typical rich guy, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to squander them. Um, he's he's looking for he's looking for a tax cut in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, he kills strategically, and I mean, there's right. there's at least you can 
you can sit back and you can say, okay, well, that is a strategy that might actually work. That's not the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Do you also think that's his true weakness? Because I'm trying to, Maybe like, so, when yeah. I was thinking about the, you know, dangerous pastime, I know, uh, thinking about the metaphors in the show and the fact that he refuses to cop to a weakness, mm-hmm. and the weakness he finally does cop is so fucking pathetic and absurd that I wonder, and, and the rest of the, like, you know, 30% of the show, is about this material about killing the right people in the right place. Like that might be his weakness. If if someone were to figure out that oh shit, this guy really doesn't want to to commit mass genocide on even a scale that Daryl's ready to do at this point. Uh-huh. Like that that is a pretty big weakness. Like you'll go further than this. this like you will wipe out the sanctuary. Well, whereas Negan is going to bend over backwards not to wipe out Alexandria or the kingdom. Right. Yeah, that could be. Sounds like he'd be pretty pissed about finding out about what happened with the kingdom, too. I wonder if there's going to be any element to that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on pins and needles about it. Who's in charge of of whatever group wiped them out? Do we know? Because, like, the three... It's a French fur trapper, and he's dead. Okay, so he was another of the heads of, of state here who's got their own outpost. Right. I mean, the big f- fat dude that was screaming about flaying people's asses, like maybe he was nominally in charge, but I, f- I think the French-Canadian fur trapper was the highest-ranking guy, and we saw him die on camera, so... Yeah. They, well, they make a point about, like, three of their heads being, mm. like, of the different outposts being there in that right. room. Right. They had the satellite, the, the Kim room, or the Kim, Kim plant, and the, mm-hmm. what was the... I don't know what the, the, the place was. where the big guns is. I, yeah. I don't know if they've referred to that location yet. Hmm. Because I don't think anyone survived from there. Looked like everyone got... No, they got... Oh, that's right. They all got taken captured. They got taken prisoner. Oh, by Morgan and Jesus. So that, that's that's the only shoe that hasn't dropped right yet. I guess so, yeah. Right? Okay. Um, so we go back to... Um, we go back to Negan and Gabriel. And... Uh, Gabriel's rifle is empty. That's the reason he doesn't just cut Negan in half. But Negan manages to <laughs> he does manage to get his his knife and gun off of him without like any kind of scuffle at all. Yeah. I don't um, know if that's G- fair. Gabriel's or not. a lover, not a fighter. That's true. Gabriel's not exactly a great fighter. No. Uh Negan calls uh Rick an asshole and Gabriel says asshole right back to you. Um he, they have a debate about what it means to kill someone versus to get someone killed. Like he says, sure, I killed Glenn and and Abraham, but Rick is the one that got them killed by being stupid and acting a fool. Mm-hmm. Um and he's trying to like you can see his ethos at work with with Gabriel. It's like dueling dueling philosophies. Mm-hmm. Like Negan is you are a human resource, I'm going to mine you, and Gabe is fucking repent and accept the love of jesus in your heart i guess so yeah the, or, li- or, the real jesus on hilltop not not d- the one that lived two thousand years ago oh yeah definitely <laughs> uh no i think gabriel is the, the do something cool before you die kind of guy at this moment like right. i'm gonna make it all worthwhile he asked him why he stopped for Gregory, and he goes, because I fear a fruitless death which doesn't really answer the question so maybe yeah. negan's just paying him back at the end of the episode um, he goes, there's got to be a reason for what I did. And I think he's talking about, is he talking about saving Gregory or is he talking about murdering his congregation? Because I Maybe feel like all of it. Yeah. I feel like that kind of compounds. Like there has to be a reason I'm still alive. Even I've done these terrible things. There has to be a reason I'm still alive, even though I did the stupid thing. And he goes, well, maybe I'm here to take your confession. And I kind of perked up when I first heard that. I'm like, okay. 
I, I, like a bottle episode where they just explore like the depths of Negan's soul, and it's just a one-shot deal. Maybe, maybe I can be down for. I feel like there's a flaw in his uh, way of thinking about this, though, because if he weren't, if, if he weren't still around to make to to carry out some kind of penance for his sins, then he wouldn't be able to get penance for his sins. So he could continue, I guess, sinning and killing people. And getting everyone around him killed until mm. right up till the moment he's dead, right? And then there's there's no cost for that for him, right? Right. It's it's only because he's living that he can even ponder that. But if he continues to get people killed uh-huh. in the process, I just I don't know that thinking about hoping like I'll do something good one day, right, <laughs> is really an excuse. Yeah, you can keep doing that, kicking that Kurt can down. It's kind of like a perverted yeah. le- a story of the guy who's on the rooftop and it's flooding and. God sends him a canoe and a boat and a helicopter, and then he dies. Turns and he's like, all down, yeah. Yeah, why didn't you save me? He's like, well, uh-huh. I sent you all that help, asshole. Why didn't you get in the boat? You need the... It's right, kind of like not, that. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining no, no, the concept. I, but... like, like, like Gabriel is like looking for a meaning to make all of his terrible decisions meaningful, yet yeah. he keeps living to make terrible decisions, thus increasing his debt. Right, and eventually he will probably die before he can ever repay those debts. Right, right, right. Because he's on the same trajectory. I don't know. Just it's like the parable Jesus well told me. where the, the wise man forgives his, his servant this, like, hideous debt, mm-hmm. and then... You know, like the story, it doesn't end there. There's a whole bunch more to it. But like one thing I've always thought is like, so what if he does that? And then like next week, the guy runs, he's got a gambling problem. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this, like, okay, how many times, like up to 77 times, Lord, do you, do you <laughs> yeah. forgive their gambling debt before you have it's to break their legs? Yeah, 78 times, you fucking break their legs, Peter. Mm-hmm. That's that's what he's wanting here. Uh, so 15 minutes into the episode, we get, we get our title sequence. Yeah. Uh, Rick and Daryl find the French Canadian fur trapper crawling, leaving a bloody swath behind him. He's he's trying to be the well, not the sole survivor. One out of four of the survivors from the Hilltop Massacre. He tells them because we were confused about this last night because we only pay attention to half the dialogue. The other half we're talking over, making jokes about. Yeah. Uh, he says that the Kingdom people are all gone. So that's yep. how we, we debated how yeah. the fuck Rick and Daryl would know this now. It is kind of interesting that the, you would you would do something extreme um, to the plan based on your enemy's dying intel. Hmm, yeah, like I, I, I thought lying? there was no like 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 one of the most logical things when when Daryl starts talking crazy is like this is just one guy we don't know that why don't we go talk to Ezekiel and Carol uh-huh. they're right right close by we can figure this out no no. <laughs> um, so then we go back to Daryl and Gabriel and. Or not Daryl, sorry. We go we go back to Negan and Gabriel, and Negan has nothing to confess at this point except for public masturbation. Mm-hmm. Which turns out... I'd say it was private masturbation. That's true. He's in the, yeah. he's in the, but it's in front of all the zombies watching. <laughs> they were peeping through those windows pretty right. hard. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, and it's, uh, but it seems like they weren't unwilling. They were really trying. They were wanting in on that action. Yeah, that's true. Uh, judging by, by the reaction. Um, and he says, look... Think about me, whatever you want. But if I die in here, a lot of people are going to die in there. Then he asks Gabriel why he became a priest. And he says, "Like, because I love God and I love people, and I wanted to bring them together." And that was hilarious in retrospect because I don't think any more, one man in this show has brought more people together with God <laughs> than Gabriel. I mean, that kind of, like who has a bot? Like, what's an average congregation size? Hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred. Sure, that sounds about right. 
yeah, he's personally, in, 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 you know, introduced the the maker with two hundred of his flock. That's that's. that's I don't know if, <laughs> if if Rick's got that big of a body count at this point. Probably not. I don't know. I mean, living people, not walkers. That's yeah. a lot of fucking people to kill. Yeah, what happened? Maybe Carol. I, yeah, Carol for sure. Carol racked, racked up a good a 25, 30 kills. right there at Terminus. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, that's she. She was getting him by the bushel for a minute. Um, but I, but I like that. And and uh, Negan says, "Oh, I like to help people. Their weaknesses. I've been doing it my whole life." And then he whistles, and the zombies gets restless outside. Uh, do you have anything more to say about that, or do you want to talk about the first sequence of the Council of Idiots? Oh, let's talk about the Council of Idiots. They're, they 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 debate the thrilling philosophy: is Negan dead? But we're all Negan, and they kind of blue screen on that concept. Yeah, no, I mean Negan's dead in body, but not in spirit. So one, I forget the 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 the, the woman idiot. Uh, she suggests sending like thirty, forty people out there with long sections of pipes, like back to back, to kind of make a wedge and then push out to make like a one person corridor that they can, you know, maybe some of their fighters can get out and get help. And yeah. Eugene shoots it down because that's stupid. And also it's probably going to get a lot of the workers killed and then they're going to uh-huh. fucking come after us. Um, I don't know. Then they all kind of take turns like <laughs> so, jostling for position at the table. Let's discuss. Here's the thing. This scene is so ridiculously bad. So bad. They're, they come together to figure out the problem and how they're going to deal with it how and what the, what the goal is and how they're going to accomplish it right they discover okay we've got a goal here we're going to get out of sanctuary yeah. a small group of people and they're going to go bring back others to help right and clear the 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 field or whatever right they come up with that plan and then they start arguing there is no uh, or they come up with that goal there is absolutely no plan put on the table right. that says let's move forward on this thing right and simon at the end says good meeting guys and they yeah. dismiss yeah what the fuck are you meeting for to shout at each other yeah i mean it's like there's there's no plan established in this scene the writers just lost interest on along the not way not only that but they also introduced this element of intrigue that there is almost <laughs> certainly a rat amongst the council of idiots that was the only purpose of this scene and is then, the problem. And then, then like, Simon gets way in Dwight's face because, like, Dwight calls, like, after Eugene gets starts attracting fire, Dwight comes in and says, all you idiots, uh, knock it off. Mm-hmm. And Simon gets in his face like he's suspicious and then smiles and says, I like your initiative. Good meeting. Yeah. The fuck? And then everybody just goes their separate ways for, I, I don't know how long, to do what? Well, that's the what thing. What are like, they doing? The next time we see them, they're still convened, and the workers are downstairs. No, getting... they come back because Dwight and Eugene have a meeting oh, in his house right. in the meantime. You're right. They dismiss that fucking meeting well, they, you know, they with need, no plan. They need a lunch. They need to get lunch. I guess. Uh, Eugene had to do some boxing. Also, there's a line in there about them having snipers all around. Where is your evidence for that? Yeah, right. Wait, what are you talking about, I dude? I thought there was a little bit of retrospective, like, plot logic being introduced. Like, Absolutely. Like, like Negan saying, tell those snipers to go open the windows and set up position in case they get frisky. It's like uh-huh. retroactively making Rick look smarter for shooting out the windows. But that yep. was six weeks ago. No one gives a shit. <laughs> right, man. If you're that pissed off about the windows, you stopped watching. And there hasn't been a single sniper shot since then. No. Why do you assume there are snipers out there? I- I don't think there's been a sniper since Sasha, has there? Not that I can think of. Like they no. haven't I haven't seen like a like like what I, I call like like Michonne took a couple of really shitty stabs at it a season yeah. or two back, but there hasn't been a designated marksman in this squad since like season five. Yeah. Um 
So and then sh- every single one of Negan's like lieutenants here is smart enough to duck back inside, and he's the idiot who goes down the stairs right. and into a trailer. Yeah, right. The fuck is wrong with you, Negan? Yeah, well, he's Negan, and so are they. Yeah. Uh, Eugene comes to pay Dwight a visit to thank him for sticking up for him. He gives him a jar of pickles as sign of the faith he'll have that they'll get out of his pickle. That's an actual line. It's that an is. an actual line someone got paid money to write. <laughs> Uh, he picks up one pun of his... Pun intended, though. They lampshaded it. Yeah, pun it's intended. Yeah. It's fine. And it's Eugene, so we expect that. Uh, Eugene picks up one of his uh, f- handmade chess figure sets and realizes the base is still wet, and he's got red on his thumb, which is symbolic of the blood on his hands, mm. and also an important clue to who's the rat, as we'll find out later in this episode. Yeah. Um. Uh, so Gabriel's curiosity is piqued about Negan, and he goes, you help the weak? And Negan cryptically refers to helping kids at some point. Yeah, is he a school teacher? Gym coach. The... Gym, Gym coach? coach is what I'm betting Hell, on. Yeah, All right, people, sure. time for showers. Get naked. <laughs> get na- I'm going to make sure you get nice and clean now. Nice <laughs> and clean. You might need and he had Lucille at that point, too. <laughs> he just yeah. carried around. Yeah. No, except for it was like uh, like a, like a, like a giant soap baseball on baseball bat on a rope. Oh God! No, I, I don't like any. I don't like where this is going no, at all. No, you, I, I I apologize. I'm backing up. He was a lover of children. We'll just say that he was a lover of children and probably a male gym coach. <laughs> and he says, "You should. If you think I'm bad, you should have seen the shit show of fucking scum and villainy that was the complex before I got here." Yeah. Um and uh. You know, Gabriel's not hearing it. He wants to hear a confession, um, and he kind of he, he kind of picks on him from things he know, that, that Carl has said about his wives and whatnot. Um, and just what's funny is like, so Gabriel's pushing his confession thing the whole time, mm-hmm. and the second that he finds a little daylight and Negan starts to loosen up, Gabriel goes for the gun, fires like three ineffective shots, <laughs> and it locks himself in the bedroom. It's pretty hilarious. I guess this is Gabriel's definition of fruit, right? Like, like if you know, I can kill Negan, right, right. Yeah, it wouldn't be a fruit. It would be. It wouldn't be a fruitless death. Yeah, but still, like. But you're... the confession thing, I thought was genuine. I thought he wanted to go in there and figure out what makes right. Negan tick. Right. And, and then after this but... attempt on his life to come out of that bedroom at the end, like nothing. Yeah. I, I thought it'd be funny if, like, you know, he's like, you know, I, I, I was going to hear your commi- your confession, but I got to I, I thought that, like, you know, properly, we got to have a door between us, and uh-huh. so I, 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 I retreat his bedroom, and that's okay. Um. So yeah, that happens. Uh, Rick and Daryl loot the truck. Daryl argues oh to take the explosives that they found here and blow a hole in the wall of the savior complex to to force things to end. Rick says if we do that, the workers might turn against us. They fight. The one positive that comes out of this scene is we know who would win between Rick and Daryl. Yeah, Daryl, because he'll fight dirty. Daryl choked him out. Yeah. If if that truck it wasn't much up, of a fight, honestly. No, no. Daryl from from the jump had him. The the funny thing is, is once Rick, with his last vestiges of consciousness, he takes the satchel that has these sticks of dynamite or whatever, and he throws them just wildly over the truck. And kind oh of like God. the way you would throw your buddy's keys into the woods if you just want to piss him off. Uh-huh. And inexplicably, the truck catches on fire and explodes. My only like, guess- not explodes because of the impact of the dynamite. It just slowly catches on fire and then explodes. Uh-huh. And and Rick and Daryl share this like thirty seconds of awkward screen time as they're watching. It's okay. What what's your theory on what happened here, man? I think the truck was already on fire. It had to be right, but they didn't notice that, and they didn't seem to be worried about the other weapons. When, when Daryl was crawling around it, it was pe- pouring gas. So I'm guessing that like, but there were no flames that I saw ever. Yeah, here's yeah. I don't understand why. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
I, I think they faked us out by throwing the bag and immediately having the fire start, but I think the fire mm-hmm. was unconnected to the bag. It's Which makes be, yeah. me wonder, like, maybe what Rick sh- what they should have done is showed the truck catching on fire and then Rick throw the bag into the exactly. fire yeah. to make Daryl back off. But they fucking can't get cause and effect right. <laughs> they cannot. Like, I mean, when you see this film, it's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, my guess, so the other thing I got from this scene is, you know, obviously Rick doesn't want to kill innocent people. And I know that's a real mind blower when you when you look at the what the plan was, right? Which uh-huh. is to lead an army of zombies to the sanctuary. Right. I, I can only guess... Them. Right, I can only guess that this is to pin down the sanctuary and to start, keep like, them at bay uh, while and, they and, go and, kill and, the outpost. And, and foment unrest, because so, they don't they, they stop the supply of men and food so they can deal with the satellites, and then they just have the one spot. But it's only five episodes out from that moment where this comes into focus. Right, and I, what if they had just said that from the beginning so we could follow the strategy? Yeah, and see how it's working and what the problems are as they come up, not yes. wonder, what the fuck are they doing? Right, I, right. I don't know. Um, Norman Reedus has the line, if people die, it's their fault, not ours. Mm-hmm. But when you read it, it sounded like literally a wildcat said it. You got the better <laughs> Daryl. Can you can you give it a little shot at like his... Oh, people, shit. Is it their fault, not ours? Jesus <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you know what I'm saying? That, that, that's, that was Shiva's dying words, I think. <laughs> right, he was just quoting, he was just quoting a random a, a heroic badass. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you if, again, if you don't listen to this episode, oh, fuck. You, should, you should go forward to see Rick and Daryl's dumb fight and then hear Norman Reedus giving his wildcat feral delivery. I, I don't know what you have to do to your throat to sound like Daryl Dixon, but it's not good. Uh, they cut in the middle of this fight. I forgot to show Dwight boxing... On the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and as you pointed out Dwight, last night, Eugene. Oh, yeah. sorry, God, I get the fucking assholes confused. Eugene is boxing on the Atari in a cartridge, which is almost certainly called just boxing. It is boxing. Yeah, I looked it up. Look, it wasn't forty boxing. It's not fight night. <laughs> no. It's not boxing nineteen eighty four. It's just fucking boxing because they never yeah. could conceive anyone ever making another boxing game. Right. <laughs> they were the ones at first boxing, boxing. Uh, well, I thought that was pretty funny. And then the power goes out. Mm-hmm. So shit's about to get real at the sanctuary. Um, we already talked about the aftermath of the fight. Uh, Je- uh, Rick's Jeep won't start. Daryl's bike starts no problem. They have this like really just bitchy exchange where Daryl's yeah. like, my wheel's fine. I'm going to wildcat out of here. Rawr! And Rick's like, fine. Fuck, I guess I'll guess hoof I'm it there. walking home. Right. Yeah, I... Why? Why are they so petty when I mean, just moments ago they tried to save each other? Like, Yeah, I mean, the, the, so Rick is, we've got a plan. <sighs> it's a plan to win hearts and mind. And Daryl's sure. counterpoint is, yeah, but we got to win. Above all else, like, winning nice is is not as good as, or is, is, is not as good as, as, wait, how am I trying to say this? If you lose nice, it's a disaster. Winning nice is the ideal, but winning dirty is preferable to losing nice. Gotcha. And I, I wish Rick would have fucking... Like, like sometimes when someone's floating, like, the unthinkable, all they want someone to, is to hear is, like, okay, if it comes to that, fine. Because, like, I feel like that's a yeah. fair thing. Like, if we're about to lose everything, can we fucking take the, the gloves off and be nice people once the war is over? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, Rick's, Rick says something about losing, like, having already lost the kingdom. Right. Um, And, and I think that kind of starts to prove Daryl's point a little bit. Yeah, like, and, I, 
I don't know that you're going to win this thing necessarily with the plan you've got. And if the whole theme of the season is like, may my mercy overcome my wrath, they're really making Rick, he's already on the mercy bandwagon. It would probably be more interesting if he, yeah. you know, kind of goes savage Rick, feral Rick a little, and, and maybe somebody else has to brag, drag him back, or he makes that realization himself. But he's he's the biggest morgalizer this season. So yeah. is it really going to be that interesting when he's when his mercy finally overcomes his wrath like this? Like yeah, you're right. We're like it three episodes has. away from that kind of happening. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. That's man. not how you do character development. Uh, so Negan the choke, I, chokeholds illegal. Apparently, that's a callback to season one. And and Daryl says mm-hmm, was... it is. <laughs> yeah. And the, guess what? I I just I just check. I'm not being arrested. Yeah. Nobody here. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, nobody, nobody here did. And he won that fight. So. And he won that fight. Right, right. Well, kinda. I mean, oh, he won that fight. It's a stalemate as far as objectives is going. But yeah, he did. No, win the I mean, he physically he, won the fight over. He Rick. bested Rick. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's. I guess that's. I mean, some of this stuff would be cooler if everything else was not so fucking abysmal. Because yeah. like, it kind of proves Rick's point. Yeah, you won the battle and you beat me, but you're not going to get to achieve your objective now, are you? Because you got me so pissed off that I threw your fucking explosives into the fire. <laughs> now look, Daryl, no one can have their toys. Yep. Uh, so Negan pulls a zombie in the trailer. He get, apparently got them all worked up so they would like start to tear apart the trailer, and so he could drag one in. And C- Gabriel confesses about his big sin, about how he killed his whole flock. Pretty big sin. Which uh, Negan then confesses to his sin, which we already talked about. It's his first real wife that he cheated on and lied on, but she got sick during the zombie plague and he couldn't put her down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Gabriel opens the door and says, in all seriousness, after he just tried to kill this man, you're forgiven. <laughs> and Negan punches him in the face <laughs> and tells him he can keep his gun. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the guts trick? Because this is this is the same I... thing that always fucking happens. The guts trick starts. The heroes get halfway to their yeah. objective. The guts fucking wear off. I've got a controversial opinion. And, and they the have guts the... trick doesn't work. Yeah, if it, if <laughs> it only works half the time work. and you have to do a mad dash to your objective, yeah. get blasting and bashing, then yeah, you're right. It didn't work. The guts, the guts trick works as a way to get out of an enclosed space that you can not get out of any other way. Yeah. The guts trick does not work as a long-term solution to getting out of the area. It doesn't solve doesn't solve hunger problems. It doesn't solve. <laughs> no. It won't win a fight with your mates. You it, can't it campaign has, on the guts trick. Uh, they did they did spice it up a bit by having them face a zombie waterfall at the end, but they don't resolve yeah. it. The next time you see Negan, right. he's just magically okay. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, this looks like some deep shit because they are surrounded by zombies and they're in this like loading dock area. Yeah. So, like, you know, the next level is, like, shoulder height, and it's a real pickle. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little no, waterfall of zombies following on them from that loading dock. How are they going to get out? Show doesn't care. Maybe three episodes, it'll flash back, and we'll get that little piece. Yeah, and they were doing something that I see them so often ignore, which is even a closing-in herd of zombies is not that frightening if you're right. if you're an able-bodied person and you can push your way out of it. If yeah. there's, like, a... A break in the circle. You right. can kind of just grab a zombie, push your way through it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and none of them will get you. But yeah. the, the waterfall aside, like I, I wish they would have shown us how they got out of that. Right. But maybe they couldn't come up with a good enough, plausible enough idea. I saw the trouble they got in with Shiva. Before, they, they, got, they got into trouble with Shiva last episode. Like we thought we yeah. staged a perfectly fine tiger execution, but it turns out people won't believe that there's like you know three zombies can hold a tiger. 
Man, we when we were getting ready for the live watch last night, they always showed the previous episode. So we got to see Shiva's death again. Mm-hmm. And right before Shiva got overwhelmed, she grabbed the walker in her jaws, tossed her head, and threw that fucking zombie like thirty feet. Yeah, at at velocity. <laughs> yeah, like it was like it was not, like like I was flipping a coin. Yeah, just you know, just 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 so you know. But but that's the thing. I th- there's so much inconsistency in this show too. They mm-hmm. don't even play by any rules. They just play by not even the rule of cool anymore, honestly. Uh, right. They're kind of ignoring that in a lot of instances. So right. I don't know. Maybe we can talk about it at the end of this episode. But uh, We have another scene in the problems. Council of Idiots where uh, the chemical plant guy is suspecting Rick of orchestrating all this. Wow. Wow. Really? He's, he's at the top of his Negan glass. Yeah. Uh, when they find out the worst thing in the world is happening, the workers are forcing their way up to the stairs, which I guess is they've got like a Downton Abbey type of thing. The servants live below mm-hmm. and the aristocrat warriors live up above. And it's scandalous for for them to be seen seen in the living quarters, uh, and they're asking for reasonable things like water, a plan to get us away from these zombies. Like that's the whole deal. We are slaves. You protect us. Where's Negan? Uh, the female idiot says, "I'm Negan," and shoots somebody who tries to kill Simon. And then Negan Negan whistles and shows up, and people bow down. And he tells Gabriel, "This is what I do. This mm-hmm. is why I'm here." Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He's not wrong, but. It doesn't mean that's the only way to do it either. Right. <laughs> yeah. How did these like, And the, I mean, how does, okay, so there's five people in the Council of Idiots. Mm. You can count Eugene out because he's not going to do shit for you. So there are at least four people with probably pistols. I didn't see rifles on any of them. There's more people in the foreground of the camera than they got bullets in their chambers. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't, like, it makes, like, they've done a really good job of making Simon seem like the menacing right-hand man of Negan, but, like, a lot of that mystique just gets blown in this episode Mm -hmm. because he just acts like a slightly more unhinged, less able-to-make-reasonable-decisions kind of guy than Negan because he's ready to go to war, and he will lose this war. Yeah, no, he's he's about to throw punches until Dwight steps in. Uh, He tells the guys to take Gabriel to the number two holding cell, but gently... Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was code for something, like to give him like the 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 ride of his life, or he meant that sincerely. Seems like I don't know. Sincerely. I mean, the next time we see him, he looks pretty bad. Yeah, I don't think it's because he got beat up. Uh, we have the council of idiots, the full council of idiots, with the king idiot Negan uh, presiding, and they realize that the gun that the one guy shot at Simon with came from their own armory, meaning one of their own is doing this, which they treat like a big revelation rather than another piece of the puzzle that they already uncovered. Eugene looks down at his thumb and realizes it's covered in red paint. And, oh, my God, there's red paint splashed on the bag. Mm-hmm. Having a private realization that maybe, just maybe, Dwight is the man on the inside. Yeah. Um, and, and it's my guess that – so the the paint had to be fresh. So it's my guess that in that first Council of Idiots meeting that we see, yeah. when Dwight takes off, he's going to A <laughs> – Paint some miniatures and B, steal some guns and give them to the workers. Yeah. Because he had to have painted the miniatures first, which tells me that he's got he call, left. That's how does he stay centered, man? That's how he stays centered. Yeah, he's off on a dangerous mission. He might. He gets to. his one hair paintbrush and he gets his magnifying glass out and he tries to paint the perfect, <laughs> perfect mustachio uh-huh. on his, looks like Civil War era troops, maybe. Yeah. That's how, that's how he calms down before he gives a bag full of guns to a bunch of refugees. That's fair. Uh, hey, Rick sees a helicopter. Oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just, just a helicopter. And that's 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 all I have to say about that. That's all the episode has to say about it. <laughs> Indeed. 
Uh, Negan threatens Eugene to either use his big brain to solve this problem quickly or I'll kill you quick to spare you from the horrors that will go down here if Hmm. you don't. So here's a man who develops a plan, which is let Eugene figure it out. Uh (laughs) Nobody in that room before ever said, this is how we're going to proceed. Right. But because they're all I mean, because they're all Negan, right? They're all Mm -hmm. and and it's still not clear to me why the Council of Idiots doesn't turn on Negan because they're portrayed as not being smart enough to understand that he maybe is the thing that holds them. Like, I don't understand. They haven't done a good job at at really explaining why these people worship him like this. Now, I I, I mean, the guy survived this miraculous Walker assault. Mm Mm-hmm. So I get that he's got this big legend and there's probably a tell and, I, and I'm simultaneously fascinated by it. But then if they gave me like a two a, an episode worth of plot explaining it, I would be the first to cry it. So I don't know what I'm asking for anymore, Jim. I don't know. Either. What would be? What do I want? What do I want from this show? Some cool looking walkers. There was a really cool one this episode. Really? Which one? Yeah, th- there was one um, when they're oh, and they're, they're fighting coming the, out the, of the, the RV. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one who kind of looks into the camera almost, and that was a really cool walker. Yeah, I know which one. Yeah, the one that looked like it had like um, almost like barnacles or yeah. some kind of weird yeah, yeah growth on its yeah, face. Yeah, some kind of calcified Fungus. stuff. Yeah, yeah, a little little uh, the last of us going. Yeah. It's pretty nasty. It's pretty cool. cool. I also like the idea of them banging on the doors to get the walkers all hot for it, and then they just open the RV and stand there like statues. Yeah, it's such a... I don't know. I mean, it's it's such like a TV, a cinematic thing. Yeah, that probably wouldn't go down exactly like that in real life. But it's it was really cool. Yeah, no, it was it was like okay, now just let the it's, it's kind of it gave me the same like you know that MythBusters episode. It's like okay, when your car goes into a body of water, mm-hmm. you want to panic and try to open the doors, but you can't. Yeah. You got to let the whole car fill up with water. Absolutely. Then the door ease. Like, you have to let the whole trailer flood with zombies, and then when the zombie pressure gets positive, yeah. they'll just squirt you out the door. You have to, you have, to have that that trust and faith. Yeah, it just, that scene feels so unnatural, but yeah. that's what makes it kind of It'd be a cool scene in a better show. It would be. Uh, somebody is watching Rick approach, and we see a little scout and dollars of donuts. These are the trash people. These are the trash people. They're back. I saw in the preview the the next time on and Walking we, Dead, and we see the, the they're using Negan's whistle system. Like this is the evidence of trade and and uh, cultural exchange. Yeah, it doesn't work as well as Negan's whistle, but you know, wouldn't work for me at all. I can't whistle. Yeah, I would need a whistle. I guess he has a whistle. He does have a whistle. That's the yeah. thing. Like Negan can control pitch and stuff. He's just just got the one tone. It's a pretty uh, nice whistle, too, I think. It is a nice whistle. Yeah. But if you got the entire junkyard of the East Coast at your disposal. This is a junk whistle? Someone's, oh, yeah. Oh, no. You think it's a store-bought whistle? <laughs> I thought they might have found it yeah, in the store. Yeah, they're You have to pay the garbage price. <laughs> yeah. You have to be buried under a mound you of do. garbage, and if you come you up do. with a whistle, you have to have you're a risk, in. You have to have a risk of getting tetanus <laughs> or, H, or, or uh, hep C. HIV, too. Yeah, yeah HIV, yeah, sure. Let's, let's be Why real. Why not? There are needles in there, for uh, sure. <laughs> So yeah, we get so next week we know for sure we got the junk the trash. We people. do. Oh god, I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> uh Eugene drops off a care package to Gabriel, but Gabriel is not looking good. Gabriel's looking sick. Yeah. Now there was a whole mess of talk from the from, from uh Negan, appropriate of nothing, mm-hmm. where he's like, Do you think people ever get sick doing this as he's smearing guts and stuff on him? And now we see like I, I my first thought was he just got bit, and they didn't show it. Yeah, me too. 
But now I, when I was watching this subsequent times and I saw the emphasis in that dialogue, which has nothing to do, I'm wondering if they're mm-hmm. trying to say that, yes, against all odds, you can get sick in certain circumstances by being exposed to zombie filth. Man, I have such a problem with this because – and I don't mean like I have a problem with them writing it this way. I mean right. I have an internal conflict about it Okay, because – on the one hand, this is probably the most realistic thing this show has ever done. If you're smearing decayed organs on right. yourself, there's a very high likelihood you're going to get sick Minus from it. Minus the zombie apocalypse. If Absolutely. you have a break, if you have an open wound or a scratch like you would yeah. after an intense fight, or say someone just busted your nose open, that <laughs> fluid gets in there, you can fucking get sick. Absolutely. On the other hand, they have been... So consistently showing absolutely no danger from doing this, uh-huh. other than rain, uh-huh. uh, that I don't know what the show thinks about it. Like, this is the first time anyone has ever even hinted that they might get sick from this. Yeah. And it's and been, it's been long, done numerous times. Been done, it's been done, done a long time. And the yeah. only question ever was, will this work? Right. Right. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. Because it's it's that's, one of the rare moments of that's the a, Walking Dead doing something realistic. That's the subtitle of the Watching Dead. The Watching Dead. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, and he says we got to get you to Doctor Carson. And now Gabriel's found the real the the the, the four reason why he's here is mm-hmm. to get get Doctor Carson because he's Maggie's doctor. We have to get him out of here. That's now his new mission in life. Yep. Is that the way that Eugene's going to redeem himself and work his way back into our good graces? Uh, sure. I suppose so. Do we have a spoiler section this week? Because I think there's a couple things I might want to talk about. I wasn't planning on doing one. but All right, well, I just declared spoiler section. Okay. We'll have a spoiler section at the end of the podcast if you guys want to. That's the episode, though. Uh, Any closing thoughts or you just want to get right to feedback? Uh, I have no closing thoughts. So, yeah, let's do feedback. All right. As we mentioned in the intro, this podcast is sponsored by Sonos, and they are excited about their new Sonos One speaker that uh, welds their amazing-sounding speaker technology to voice-activated technology uh, currently uh, with, uh, enabled by Amazon's Alexa. Yeah. So not only do you have these these speakers that sound have no business sounding as good as they do in the form factor that they do, uh, but now you can use them to check the weather uh, to check the sports scores, to see what traffic is going to be like, to uh, to pause and start a playback or play. Are another... we going to list all of the ways? Because I feel like we might be. I'm here just for talking a about while. the things I've done this today. Okay, I've got one for you then. Uh, packing your stuff when you're moving. Oh. Uh, you're running around room to room in your house, and it's really cool when you have your podcast playing in all of the rooms. Right. Because. Uh, Hey, oh, I forgot the tape in the living room. I got to pause my podcast. No, no, I just walk in the living room where it's also playing. Yeah, that's the really, very cool. That's because like the Sonos technology is built on this wireless, you know, home sound system. You can mm-hmm. use it as a whole. You can set these up within and connect them multiple speakers to your to your television set to make a, a, a compelling home theater experience. Or you can sprinkle them throughout the house to have, kind of have a whole house sound. I did both actually. Or you can do both, and you know they can play like you can have one speaker playing something and other players speaking doing the other and like i said this being able to man- manipulate your playlist and your music and and to interact with technology when your hands are 
you know, rolling meatballs or doing the dishes or whatever is, is a real game changer. Like it's, it's now my routine to like ask it what the weather is like as I'm walking out the door, just to make sure I need to pack a coat or something. It's really cool. It's Mm -hmm. really cool. What, what inventive ways will you come up with to interface with the Sonos? I don't know. You better get it and play with it. And also they're expanding it. It's right now today, Alexa, tomorrow, the world or at least google assistant <laughs> right all, all of the other <laughs> voice control apps that you're so used to using uh but it's cool so what's the deal what's the deal that they can qualify for jim uh right now they're offering listeners of our podcast watching dead 10 percent off one order of 2500 dollars or less for any product on sonos.com uh you can use the promo code watching 10 that's capital w-a-t-c-h-i-n-g one zero at sonos.com to receive the offer can't be combined with other discounts or promotions, and it's limited time only, so you better get in uh, now if you're thinking about it. Yeah, these things look amazing. They sound amazing. They're dead simple to set up. You unbox them, you plug them into power, and then you install the app on your phone or your tablet, and that's it. Yeah. Everything, it, it, it holds your hand all along the rest of the way. It's, it's, it's super easy. They got a great discount and a deal. It's bald move tested, bald move approved. Check it out. Hey everybody! I'm gonna take a take oh, a moment God. here to reflect after a contentious podcast. Before we get into sure to be contentious feedback, and uh, you know, already already asked you to support Sonos. How about at, supporting another great vendor of quality products, Bald Move? Oh yeah, I've heard of those guys. You can go to club.baldmove.com, and every week we pack up fresh and refrigerated bits delivered to your podcast app or your streaming platform or whatever and it's it's all I, i've i've lost i've lost the plot of this it's, i was gonna say hot but hot podcast but you you said they were refrigerated only so. only only well i mean you can refrigerate a samsung galaxy all you want it's still gonna explode in your pocket so those <laughs> podcasts true. will still be hot that is for true. as long as your phone is capable of, of transmitting information while it's catching on fire uh <laughs> it will deliver those to you and and we have a lot of bonus features every week Every week we're doing bonus stuff for the club members, uh, ad-free feeds, bonus audio and video features, VIP sections on the forum, lunch with Jim and Aaron, the, the once a week, uh, mostly once a week. We, we just figured out we had 150, 150 some of those that lot. we've done yeah. the last three years. I bet you haven't seen them all. Bet you haven't seen them all, and they're all there for the taking at the club. And the best thing is you go to club.ballmove.com without doing anything but entering that into your browser, you can preview some of those features, mm-hmm. some, some, some select select choice USD, A, grade BM content. And you can also sign up and get 30 days free if, just, just to make sure we didn't trick you with the choice select cuts. <laughs> you, can do, you can do a deep dive in the archive, kick the tires, see if it's worth it. Uh, but, yeah, like I, I feel like we do a good job at this. I have fun, certainly. Yeah, yeah, people seem to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I get feedback saying that regularly. It seems like it's, it's worth supporting. I mean, I wouldn't, but, like, some people would. Sure. It's like... <laughs> I get the feedback saying die in a fire too, but it's the internet, you know? right? Like, yeah, you're I mean, that's, that's the that's the you know that's that's the that's the minority of the feedback, and yeah. it's 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 time it's time to be thankful for what we have, and what we have is a is a small self sustaining podcast empire that 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 delivers the goods on a consistent basis. Uh, you might not like the podcast, but you can't can't argue that it's there <laughs> because, because it is true. you can like it or hate it it's always sitting in your rss feed ready to go and due to a large part by the heroic efforts of our club members will you join join our our club today club.baldmove.com all right first up christopher h what does it tell us that carol chose to save ezekiel instead of getting the stockpile of weapons obviously this is from last week are we meant to understand that carol isn't as cold-blooded as she once was 
in the war, uh, what makes more strategic sense? Securing the enemy's arsenal or keeping one of the three symbolic leaders of your side alive? Does this choice reveal anything new about Carol's character? Uh, I thought that was a pretty good question. It, it's a it's a fair question, at least. Like, is it worth more to get these weapons and keep them out of the hands of the, the sanctuary? Or is it worth more to have a successful leader still on your side? Like, if you're going to save... If you got the choice between grabbing, like, 55 lightsabers or saving Luke Skywalker, which do you do? Well, Luke Skywalker's a chosen one. Come on. Yeah, you know, that's that's like maybe Ezekiel is. We don't know yet. Uh, versus saving General Dodonna, I'd go with the lightsaber. Saving Han Solo, how about that? Uh, you know. He's he's uh, here of the Republic. Yeah, he's a pretty. You big know, hero. let me ask you this: We're we're I, let's go. I think it's a sign that Carol's humanity has returned for good and bad. Because okay. I think yeah. I think the logical solution, the logical thing to do, is to leave Jerry and the King there and get the heavy artillery. Mm-hmm. Um, but the human choice is to side with your friends. You can, you, you're actually seeing, this isn't a hypothetical. This isn't a this classroom exercise. This is, I see my friends. They're over there about yeah. to get torn apart by the dead, or I can resolve this thing. And, you know, and yeah, then, she, you know, the, the thing is like, if you go save, uh, Ezekiel and Gabriel or Ezekiel and Jerry, maybe you still get the guns too, because like there's there again it would be nice to know about this coordinated attack and what the plan is next so we can right. see i can't i don't know what carol's next objective is is it if is it's to sit on her thumb and wait wait for further instructions then it's dumber than if she knows that rick is going to be coming down that road in a couple minutes and is going to run smack that you know what i'm saying yeah, like I, I i don't know I don't know. Yeah, and she clearly makes the the more humane decision here. But and that's uh, I I don't even mind it because that's been a series long arc of sure, Carol, yeah. like winding her track and like her going from meek uh, and submissive, uh, battered housewife to you know community leader to mm-hmm. Rambo to conflicted to being so wounded that she couldn't feel responsible for any more deaths on to to where she is now like that's that's been fine they haven't Mm. taken many false steps with with carol and and at least it wasn't a should i or shouldn't i kill this person right question right because that would have drove drove me up the wall honestly carol's arc was only annoying when she was brought into contact with the constant morgalizing of morgan Mm mm-hmm um and the hypocrite like now increasingly hypocritical morgalizing of morgan i I, so yeah. yeah all right let's move on caroline z says ezekiel tells carol if people need to need you to be the hero then be the hero i've always liked how the show presents different kinds of heroes daryl and michonne are physical badasses carol is resourceful and ruthless glenn jesus and sometimes morgan are men of peace rick is frequently insane who do you think is the single most heroic character on the show who is the best model for a hero in this new world yeah, you gotta. I mean, Carol's in the mention. Carol for sure. Because anytime, like, you have a person that like overcomes a bad start and becomes strong and does the thing necessary and all, but also retains enough of their humanity to kind of still be touched by those things. Like that's that's yeah. kind of like the ideal for your your warrior philosopher king, right? Yeah, and I feel like uh, another good choice is probably Maggie because she falls sort of into that boat as well yeah um man i don't like her letting gregory back in but it nah. shows it shows more mercy than i would you gotta have, have a gesture say. gesture yeah, that's true at court put him in some big big pants yeah some just pants that are far too large for him yeah like aaron's big another one shirt. that is like he's I, I guess i like the everyman 
you know, Rick, uh, for better or worse, was a police officer used to being an authority and using vi- in, in, using state-sanctioned violence to maintain the peace. So, like, he was kind of equipped to do that. Like, the people that have come out of nowhere and, and, uh, and, and like, you know, the Glens, the Maggies, the Carols... Um, you know, Daryl was tough from like, you know, he had a, he, he, he's like the opposite because what's miraculous about Daryl is not that he's so strong and so good at killing. It's that he's not just a complete fucking just, you know, emotionally destroyed asshole. Sure. So, I mean, that's kind of heroic too, to not like, you know, like, I mean, I guess he is taking a slight heel or dastardly turn here, but like, it's one that I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not going to kick you out. Of the compound for suggesting maybe raising the savior's thing from the face of the earth. No, it's understandable. Right, right. I mean, we can debate like fifty years from now. The historians can can decry your decisions from the comfort of the classrooms. Right now, we need to fucking win this war. I mean, I, I ne- don't necessarily agree, but I sympathize with that. Sure. I say I'm trying to think if there's anybody because man, a lot of new characters not been high on the no. heroic. No. Um... Like, Denise was kind of cool because she overcame her very real fear of, like, mm-hmm. failure and, like, you know, like, like some, some, some mental and emotional problems to be a doctor and even a warrior. Um, but it hasn't been yeah. a lot of recent examples. Man, I would have put Glenn in that if he was still around. Yeah. Well, Glenn, I mean, he's Glenn still a powerful he hero. He died a hero. I think that they were, but they were the, the power... Alexandrian folk. They're, like, almost all forgettable or cowards oh, yeah. or, dam- or, sure. or you know, to a man. Co- Reg... Come yeah. on, Reg. Was uh, Red, not, if anything, Reg was Reg was not a coward. That's right. Reg was a hero, <laughs> and his walls still stand. Right. Four, he did four seasons after we made fun of them. They're still they're those cold rolled steel, except for where they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they still stand. They they save more than they let down. Let's put it that way. That's true. All right. Brett R says, "Hey guys, love all your podcasts. So I too have stopped watching the show because it's shit." I checked out scenes from the last episode that well, you thank mentioned. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that you mentioned Jerry with the axe, which was pretty cool, and Shiva being killed by, like, ten walkers, which was the dumbest shit I've seen in a while, especially with how big and muscular they make the crappy CGI tiger out to be. It's about, like, seeing ten guys tip over a bulldozer. Yeah. Like, if you saw that on Live Leak, you'd be like, what the fuck? That's C- There's no way. It can't <laughs> happen. Yeah, it, it, it didn't feel right. It, right. it really felt wrong. Uh, but ultimately, my question is, what happened to the strange talking trash people? I ended up watching the season uh, ending solely because of how ridiculous you said it was. And yes, it was. Trash people smoke bombing and becoming trash ninjas. Whatever happened to those trash fools? And are they in the comic? Can we answer whether they're in the comics without spoilers? Well, with the caveat that I stopped reading about episode 115. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think they're not. I think they're made up entirely for the show, but right. I'm not certain of that because right. I haven't read the, the comics. Um, if you are a fan of the Trash People, don't miss next week's episode because they're in the promo. Yep. You yep. will get Trash People next week. You're, you're going to get you're going to get all the garbage people that you can that you can put up with. Absolutely. If you don't have enough garbage people in your own life, then tune in next week. Yeah. All right, Scott S. says, I think the underlying issue about The Walking Dead is its hiring of inexperienced directors. Combine that yes. with a weak writer's room, the show has turned to shit. Look at the list of directors in the first several seasons. Experienced pros like Ernest Dickerson, Guy Furland, and Billy Gerhardt, all of whom came into The Walking Dead with a decent-sized resume. Michelle McLaren has directed an episode of this of this fucking show. That's been a while, yeah. It's been a while, <laughs> but she has directed. Like, they, like you're yeah. right. You are absolutely right. They had... They had some decent directors. It's they been, did. It's been a minute. 
Uh, yeah, so he gets into that. He says, in later seasons, especially season seven, it's turned into a training ground for the production staff. Episode three. Yeah, nepotism. Di- episode three director Dan Liu. I actually think it's episode four. Yeah, 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 it is. That he directed. Only has three directing credits, and two of them are short stories. Yep. Michael Satrazim is listed as a director of photography, but is more of a cameraman. Has no other directing credits than The Walking Dead. Same thing with Nicotero, experienced effects guy, but no other directing experience than The Walking Dead. Right. The highest viewed show on cable should be reaching for better creators, not treating it as a film school. Did you see that there's five writers credited for this episode? Christ. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a big problem because you could probably shore up a lot of the writing issues with, um, you know, good directors and vice versa. Yeah, people but when on the you, ground there. When you got people cutting their teeth on such a big show at the same time, it's, it's, it's pretty tough. And this is something we've been harping on for seasons. Like, we've talked about the Power Rangers directors and the Timon and Pumbaa directors. Like, people who haven't directed anything serious and don't feel like... They should be directing the biggest show on television being brought in, and I don't understand it. Yes, Michael Satarazimus, who directed this episode, has only got one... He's got three screen credits, which are not even broken down by what position he's he played. Mm-hmm. The Walking Dead, The Crow, 1994, and Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. Yeah. I, I mean, I think as far as directing, it's only The Walking that's Dead. That's what I'm saying. Done. Like, it's, 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 it's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. It's like, oh, you directed an episode of, like... I, I, I bet if you find out who directed the Red Machete, they're going to direct an episode next half season. <laughs> like fuck. that's the fuck. And then like yeah. the, and this this I, I, can you no do thirty five seconds worth of solid of the footage? Worst, <laughs> the worst kind of fan made bullshit that says nothing. Like like it honestly, says absolutely this, nothing. If you, if you would have told me that this won some kind of YouTube contest where some person mm-hmm. in their garage made up a fucking story, I would believe it. Yeah, because it's it's bad. It's bad. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's like there's there's not many professional people wa- working for the show. And, and how are you going to get them now? Mm-hmm. So good luck. Again, get Guy Ferrari in here. Clean He'll house. Do it. He'll do it, Hold, man. Get, he gets the talent to come back. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. <laughs> just, need a little, just need to go to Flavortown with this. All right. Uh, John G. has a bone to pick with me. He says, I know everyone has their own opinions. But valuing the John A. Russo Return of the Living Dead series over Romero's Night of Night of series is objectively wrong. <laughs> I've had my differences of opinion with both of you, but nothing either of you have ever said on any of the dozen show podcasts I listen to of yours that made me lose more respect for you. Jim, you're just flat out wrong. <laughs> Romero split with Russo because he was a fucking idiot. This is evidenced by the <laughs> shitty films that he made for and for adding brains to zombie lore. By making them talk at all, he permanently damaged the whole genre. Shame on you, Jim, for even think, even thinking those films were better. You know, that's the thing, man. Subjectivity is a bitch. I mean, you're not saying they're better. You no, said I never spe- said. Spe- 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 I said they were a hell of a lot more entertaining. You said fun. You said, yeah, fun. I think I said fun specifically, yeah. Right. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I didn't judge their other value qualities. If you right. want to talk about how... Uh, thematically interesting the movies are. Right. Romero's got it all That's over. like if someone says, I like UHF, Weird Al Yankovic, UHF better than Dr. Strangelove. Like, you might blow a gasket. 
But if they say, well, it's more fun, it's hard to argue that UHF pound for pound is not more fun than Dr. Strangelove. And it's hard, especially hard to argue because it's a subjective opinion. Right. Much right. like yours, John. So right. yeah. I'm going I'm to give you the points if you're willing to give me the points. <laughs> uh, I, think we, I think we both have a love of the zombie genre and of Romero. Right. You not so much of Return of the Living Dead, and that's fine. Right. And that's there's, fun. like I said, like, you know, UHF is social satire the same way Doctor Strange Love is social satire, but they're very different films trying to do very different things. Very, very different. Can you imagine if they put, like, Michael Richards in Gene Wilder's role? <laughs> give him a mop. Right. And say, get to work, Michael. Uh, yeah, or you give, um, oh, shit, who was the, uh, the Doctor Strange Love? Wasn't that Peter... The same guy that was on... Oh, shit. I, Sellers. I was thinking, Peter young, Sellers. I was thinking okay. young Frankenstein. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> I was like, 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 put Peter Sellers into the Weird Al role. Uh-huh. Actually, that'd probably work. Uh, Peter Sellers work. was a genius. Yeah. No, he he could have done anything. He goes high... Uh, he go, he's got the highbrow, lowbrow, middlebrow, unibrow. Like, yeah. he's, he's pretty fucking, pretty fucking and good. And some of his later works, uh, like his dramas, his serious shit. Right. Even that is really good. I haven't seen many of those. I saw one where he had, like, a... I think he was a, like a dying old man with a pinball machine that, I don't know, it really impressed me, but I don't remember much of it because it was years and years ago. Okay. Are you, um, what can, what, I was going to say, this could be another, you, you confusing a movie though. No, this is definitely it's, uh, yeah, no, You're talking about Young Frankenstein again. It's about him bringing the pinball <laughs> oh. machine back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, you got it wrong yeah. again. Zippers on the neck. Maybe so. All right. Kelly J says, hi guys, just wanted to check in on your commentary about Ezekiel and his hair care. I have locks myself, so I can help because we had some questions. We, oh, the um, Nina and uh, her crew over at the the Profan podcast had a lot of fun with us uh, being completely ignorant about dread care. What what use would we have for dread care videos? Right, Here's, look at yeah, <laughs> yeah, look at I, us. I as someone. Okay, so let's let's talk about the technique here and what's going on because uh-huh. I'm sure the listeners of Walking Dead right. or the viewers really want to know about dread Right, right. Uh, she goes on, when touching up your hair, the technique is called the palm roll. You put product in your hands, different product depending on who it is, not important, uh, and roll the lock between them. That helps keep the wrapped hair within the lock and not frizzy and out of place. Okay. Not That's everyone important. uses this technique. Some like theirs looking more natural and untouched. I personally do the palm roll myself. Uh, and she says, when you get a moment, Google lock, uh, lock palm roll, and you'll find a trillion tutorials about it. I did that. I did exactly that. And I... It going, looks time consuming. Are you going the dreads? No, I've heard no, that. Like I can't that's the do thing. It. Like the stereotype of dreads is like they're just like very unkempt and, and but like I've I've heard that it's the opposite. It, it requires. It's kind of like a long beard. Mm. I, I I shaved mine when it got to be like you know down the mid chest because it just it's a fucking nightmare. I had to do more primping and preening on that shit than I ever had to do to my the head on the top of my hair. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it gets like, okay, I, I, it, it looks cool and wizardly, but this is just too much. <laughs> this is, I quit shaving so I could stop another step of, of, of personal hyg- right. hygiene and maintenance, not to get even more into it. Yeah. So, yeah, I imagine I couldn't do it, it. it would make a lot of sense that dreads require actually an insane amount of work to get them to achieve that. Uh, that look. Kristen E. also wrote in with some details about it. She says that basically, like, it's it's also serves as, like, twisting new growth into your dreads because, obviously, it's oh, not yeah. going to grow out pre-twisted. One, yeah, and some hairs might break off, and you got to get, you know. Yeah, so you got to you gotta twist the, the ends back up, or I guess not the ends, the roots. Right. Back Everything up. serves the beam. So, yeah, 
good education on dreadlocks there. <laughs> I now know if I ever want to go dreadlocks. I, I doubt it. I don't, yeah, right. I don't think I, I don't think every hair type can do it either. Probably not. Could be could be wrong because I def, definitely white white people with dreads is a thing. It is a thing. All right, Jeff and Raleigh. Uh, normally when someone says they are never watching the NFL again or never eating at this restaurant again or watching The Walking Dead again, I roll my eyes. It's usually nothing more than hyperbole, and they'll be back again next week. But after last night's episode, I'm willing to give those threats a little more credence because... Are we still talking about last week or are we on this week? I'm starting to consider it myself. I, this, is, this is this week. Yeah, it could be any week, though. Okay. This um, is the season for being dissatisfied with The Walking Dead. Yeah, we're five episodes in, and dissatisfaction did you read it do you still read the r slash the walking dead just for i went before i rewatched i went looking on slash walking dead for uh how rick and daryl knew that the hilltop or the kingdom had been destroyed Mm -hmm. but not i I, I I noticed in the post episode thread a lot of it was a lot of the upvoted comments were best episode of the season so far oh christ i'm just like honestly i don't know that they're wrong is the scary part. Really? There were some really shitty parts, but I don't know that they're wrong about that. <sighs> I mean, I don't know because again, I did I didn't find it very entertaining. It, it wasn't it wasn't But it wasn't a complete mess of an episode and I feel like everything has been a mess so far in yeah. this season. I don't know. I'm looking I'm looking it was boring. for I'm looking for being shocked and entertained, I guess, more than uh acting clinic by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Okay. So that's totally fair. Uh, okay, so he, Jeff says he's starting to consider uh, backing off on the show himself. Uh, I'm sure you've already pointed out a lot of the issues with the Negan and Gabriel scenes. No, no, we didn't. I like those. So I just want to focus on the Rick and Daryl fight. Admittedly, they have built up this scene a bit with some of Rick's incredulity about Daryl's killing of the Saviors and the Atlanta guy, but I couldn't get past how misplaced Rick's point of view is. For that matter, you can include Jesus and anyone else using mercy um, – or urging mercy for all of the innocents in the sanctuary. Did they forget what the fucking plan was? They showed up at the Savior's doorsteps, guns blazing, and then unleashed a walker horde on the complex. If they were worried about non-combatants or saviors waiting to surrender, then why did they choose the plan Mark Napalm? (laughs) All of the other characters went along with this plan, including Jesus. In fact, it seems like it was primarily Rick's goddamn plan. Now Rick is worried about non-combatants? Well, see, that's the thing. If we understood the plan, we could, but... Because I, I think what you're supposed to understand is they meant to flood the outer courtyard right. with walkers so that no one could get in or out. They deal with the satellite locations, and then it's easy to fight your way into someplace if you want to. Yeah. Or you could starve them out. Or you mm-hmm. could, and uh, part of the plan apparently is for Dwight to arm um, an insurgent group inside to kind of help that revolution occur. But... Yeah. We don't have all that, and like that's all conjecture. Mm. Still, fucking <laughs> unbelievably, so it's hard to say. Yeah. Like, like, like if, if if if, and that's it's like some of this stuff feels like a fucking cloaking device that like we're not going to let them know the plan so that they can't fucking keep score episode by episode about how well it's developing or whatnot. But that's that's counterintuitive to me. I. It's like, ask me, would the Battle of Gettysburg, if I didn't know it was about slavery and who was fighting on what side, did who won and who lost? Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. Like, how can you ba- How can you judge any, like, like even the Rick and Daryl battle? Like, totally yeah, Daryl kicked Rick's ass, but Rick is the one that walked away with what he wanted, so that's yeah. actually a victory for him. Uh-huh. But you wouldn't know that unless you knew the stakes, so it's like, fuck all this shit. Yeah. No, I, I mean... It- 
I get the feeling that they're in the writer's room saying it will be awesome when we reveal what the plan actually is. And then all along, these things that look foolish even, um, or at the very least, or at the very best, uh, just not well thought. Man, even shows that have supreme amount of confidence in their viewers and their viewers have in the show, that's that's risky. Yeah, and they haven't earned the faith that they're not just fucking it up. Right. For me, certainly. Right. So And like yeah, some of the best worked. shows that play with that, like The Leftovers, um, Mr. Robot, Fargo, they don't do it all season long. No. It might be an mm-hmm. episode or two where they really fucking, you know, uh, th- flip the table of conventions over and see where the pieces land. But like a whole fucking ep- season of like, let's pull apart all out war so we can't judge the individual battles on their merits and decide whether we're winning or losing or mm-hmm. it's just like you know like i saw the movie 300 king lee Knight's got his ass kicked so i guess the greeks lost oh they won oh that was like oh that was a that was a pyrrhic victory that the, the <laughs> fucking what's his face persian guy won, uh, like uh, i don't you know like who, who the fuck knows like you, unless you know the stakes and what's going on it's impossible to judge any of this stuff yeah um I don't know. Uh, I think that's it for that email. And the final email is Sid from Sweden. So apparently Scott Gimple said in a few interviews that the first four episodes of season eight were going to be, to paraphrase, pretty explosive, fast-paced, or something of the sort. Well, they were shit. (laughs) But much to my (laughs) surprise, it was the fifth episode that they actually provided an overall good one, let alone while focusing on two characters I've immensely struggled with. I mean, every time Negan opened his mouth during season seven, my eyes reach so far back to the back of my head that I probably looked like Linda Blair. (laughs) Uh, Was I glued to the edge of my seat during the whole episode? No, absolutely not. But I found myself caring whether Gabriel lived or died, which was a surprising feeling. And is it me or did JDM tone down his portrayal of Negan? I mean, other than the constant dick jokes. um, they, They had some quieter moments with him, sure. Plus, he was sitting on the floor for a large part, so it's impossible to get the lean. That's true. It's impossible yeah. to get the, the lean. Yeah. Uh, although at times I think he was propping up that entire wall with his lean. Uh, <laughs> right. He was severely Yeah, they had leaning. like 50 zombies. And, and, you know, another cool thing is like I did like I did like the the hands on the windows was very uh-huh. like retro zombie cool. Yeah, it's um, shit. It's reminiscent of something that I can't think of at the moment. Night of the Living Dead is what I was thinking. No, more like of Return of the Living of, Dead. Oh, gotcha. John G. <laughs> uh, so he all, he continues and uh, concludes, I guess. This episode wasn't necessarily a huge step forward, but for someone who was used to absolutely, or who used to absolutely love this show and had to sit in absolute silence slash darkness watching these episodes, not wanting to miss a single word, I felt like I had to share my opinion about them doing something good. Of course, this is just one episode, so obviously I'm not keeping my hopes up. Uh, yeah, we go out on a little bit positive of a note there. I didn't didn't want to take it too negative. That's not what we do on this show. No, no, no. We like to call out the parts of things. Like we we try to say that. Like even in this episode, we've 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 given praise to sev- several scenes that we thought would would worked or would work if the show was even half trying in the other areas. Yeah, and I try to represent all sides as much as possible in the feedback, at least. Right. Um, because we have. I think a very similar perspective on a lot of this stuff and uh-huh. also a very one-sided perspective. Right. So what are you going to do? Well, it's, it's good the, to have the listeners there to at least state the case. Hopefully the trash people episode. I know you're not looking forward to it, but <laughs> no, like, I feel dude. like that's got a, that's got a, that's got a, that could be fun. 
That could be fun. It will be fun during the live watch. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But so, as far as like the episode itself goes, I am dreading it because those are by far my least favorite characters, we'll say. Right, right. In the entirety of The Walking Dead and maybe ever on television. I, I don't know. There's the some Daredevil stuff. The Redheads or Jessica Jones stuff. They're, they're, then, yeah. they're my personal high water mark for like I wanted swift and bloody death yeah. on those people. They're pretty bad, but man, the trash people. I just think the trash people are ridiculous. They don't offend me. They're just really ridiculous. They're just I ridiculous caricatures of, yeah, maybe That's it does, what offends maybe. me so much about Gregory like the sh- in this The show episode. can still hurt you, Jim. You got to put yeah. yourself a little bit further beyond its touch. You're right. <laughs> Keep it at a distance. Okay. Yeah. That's it for feedback. Um, you said you had some stuff for the spoiler section? I do. I have one, one particular topic that uh, I think will be... Uh, coming up in the, the the month ahead that I'd like to talk okay. about. Well, we'll do some music before that in case people want to check out um, and not listen the to the stylish spoilers. sounds of my Mysteriana. Yeah, yeah. Dead, yeah my, my brother's former band. I don't think he participates in that band anymore. But uh, this is a project. This is a project. It was a project. And, yeah. And, and one of the one of the works produced was uh, our theme song. And uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's play that. Let's play us out, and then we'll get to the spoiler section. Section. Oh, I, I, I forgot. I've done my part. Uh, uh, send feedback to watching dead at baldmove dot com, uh, or you can go to the forums forums dot com to participate in our weekly show threads, or you can follow us on social media. The various social media. Just search bald move. You'll find us. And as always, you don't want to do any of that shit. HTTP still works. Baldmove dot com. It's all there. All right. Everything. <laughs> See you either after the music or next week. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. back with the spoiler section all right so there's a point in all-out war where the lack of bullets is a much bigger thing than has been so far in the television series <laughs> is it because they wasted hundreds and hundreds of them I, I, maybe maybe but negan uses primitive technology spears and arrows and hmm. a counterattack in alexandria and everyone, you know, some people get wounded and they're driven back, but you know, they 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 their wounds are prepared are are fixed and 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 cleaned and everything's good. And then that night, several people turn to zombies because you find out that Negan has poisoned these arrows with zombie guts. Right. And I think these magnificent idiots are going to pull that plot out of their ass without establishing at all the fact that we've run out of bullets or the importance of Eugene's bullet factory, which they did establish and just forget. Like uh-huh. I'm fairly fucking sure that's been forgotten for all out war <laughs> and they're going to just do like, but I think that's going to be cool. That's going to be, yeah. um, uh, and cause I can't think of why, why they would show that you can get sick from zombie guts mm-hmm. and why Jeffrey Dean Morris would be having those lines unless they're going to go to that. Because I, I thought maybe it's like, man, that's a really cool scene. It was kind of horrific because it's one of those things where your own, you know, Negan found a way to turn your own army against you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's another scene like, you know, the, like that happens so rare in late, late year, like the walking dead where like just a zombie attack happens randomly in the middle of the night. Like since the prison sickness, we haven't seen something like that. So they were fatal or was it the arrows? No, the arrows just, just infected them. Right. Yeah. 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 It infected them. And even a light scratch, like a a minor wound would turn you into a zombie because you're, you know, you're, you're going to sleep at night and you got your shoulder in a sling and you turn into a zombie. Hmm. Okay, I I'm trying to like reconcile that with kind of the stuff they've shown on the the show, which oh no, I do hasn't, like, hasn't it's been like this goes you back have to, to be directly bitten, right? Like this goes back to like was eight miles out where like we saw Shane get cut with a knife that he had just gouged the yeah. zombie's brains out, and we're like, right. well, there's proof positive this can't happen, but. They they are like I, I I'm telling you I would yeah, I would no, bet it seems like they are I would bet my next month's pay that they're going to bring that back and it's not going to be connected to anything and mm-hmm. and I bet if anything they'll be like oh well you know we set up the scarcity of bullets back in season six when but you, you yeah I guess maybe like I said the bullet factory was a thing but is it anymore Yeah they haven't mentioned it since and Eugene seems to be spending all his time boxing. Right, and, and that's the thing, like, like, Eugene could get a Nobel Peace Prize, as far as I'm concerned, by, like, if Rick ever captures him, like, hey, I could have been making bullets for these assholes, and I just didn't. Yeah. So. Instead, I made pickles. <laughs> right, I made pickles. I made pickles and Yara's Revenge. Uh-huh. And I killed Sasha. Oops, no. Um, But I didn't know she was going to kill herself with it, so that, but no, I, I just, that's the but thing, like. But I kind of like, knew. That's, they're, 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 I, I wondered how they would screw up All Out War, and it's by taking iconic scenes out of context and divorcing them from the, the stream of, the, the appropriate stream of time and cause and effect and just go for the, the, the scene and not give a shit about anything. Yeah. So I just mm-hmm. want to get that in because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be right. And yeah. Also, odds of All Out War wrapping up this season rapidly diminishing. Like, we when we had some intense fights in the first episode or two, I thought maybe they'd go for it, but now it seems like they're slowing that things down, and we're gonna get the trash people. We're gonna have an episode where we try to get the trash people's talk or trash people's trust again, and you know, then we're probably gonna go have to figure out what's going on at the kingdom now that they've been sold like that. You know, sad ass Ezekiel came home, and what's he gonna tell them? And <laughs> Like I don't, I don't think there's enough episodes with this version of The Walking Dead to conclude all out, all out war. So we're gonna keep we're gonna, we're we're gonna keep Negan and the potential time jump around for another half year. Hmm. And then got to deal with the helicopter. Got to deal with the helicopter. Helicopter going to Napalm. Going to Napalm the Savior Complex. Then the, did you did you say the word not Napalm? Okay. Yeah, somebody emailed it in. Okay, okay, they, cool. They described like, Rick's did first plan as Napalm. Like I'm, I'm seeing like uh, they're going to hire uh, <laughs> fucking, oh shit, Robert Duvall uh-huh. to step out of that helicopter, and I love the smell of burning zombies in the morning. It smells like victory. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know how the helicopter changes things, except for it suggests there is, there is a place with money and resources because keeping a helicopter flying is difficult. Yeah. Uh, you have to have a lot of specialized tools and equipment and gas and all that stuff, training to keep those things flying. And it's been years and there still is one. So there's going to be a uh, potentially big player ahead. Do you think that they're going to tie that back to season one? I don't know. That seems like an awful. It seems like quite a distance. And I know helicopters. That was go in Georgia, too. Far. 
Right. Yeah. It, it seems like quite a distance and quite a long time there's, ago. There's, there's, there's vast quantities of miles and narrative distance and actual time, good old time that's gone. Like, if they draw a parallel to that, I don't know that I... Like, it's, why? It's Morales' family up in the helicopter. <laughs> they didn't die. They just got flying license. Yeah. Fly. Oh, they, no, uh, they didn't die. They fly. They fly. Oh, I see why you misunderstood. <laughs> I see. I see. I, I, I said die. You heard fly. It was... And, and now he's dead. He can't correct him, so... Yeah. Uh, that's all I had to talk about. Are we ready to get out of here? Yeah. All that's right. It. See you guys next week. Bye. See ya.